Hey everyone, it's Matt Harmon from the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. Are you sad there's no fantasy football going on right now? Yeah, me too. I've got good news for you though. It is fantasy baseball season right now. Join a public league, join an instant draft, or create a league with your buddies before opening day. It's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball time. Sign up for the 2024 fantasy baseball season at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball or on the Yahoo Fantasy app. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Time now for the College Football Inquirer. Dan Wetzel. Tim Tebow and Kirby Smart will now reenact the Lincoln Douglas debates. And SI's Pat Forty. You don't need a cheese in any drink. Here's Pat and Dan. I work with a pod and uh, Pat ongoing saga. How you feeling? Pretty good. I'm back. I did not give it to Joe Biden. Broke out of my hotel in Atlanta, drove home. I rented a car, drove home, and uh, I'm on the road to recovery, baby. And now I've about reached the stir-crazy stage of where I still have to sit around at home, and I don't feel like it anymore. So you're excited to pod. We That's extra it. Extra podcasting. Bring it what on. What better way to get through this than talk to me more? <laughs> there you go. I'll do daily. I'll do hourly podcasts. Hourly let's, pods. Let's you should just do live uh, pods the whole SEC media days, which are now over. Thank God. Now over ACC's, uh, I think we're over. Maybe we have one more. Whatever. Yep. Next week, Big Ten. Yep. I'm assuming. Yep. yep. Big Ten. Good times. Almost everyone has spoken at this point. Big Ten and Pac-12 both next week. Big, Big Ten, Ten first, and, and I th- then I think Pac-12. Pac-12, and uh, we'll see. We've heard from all parties. All right, we'll get to the ACC and Jim Phillips, Commissioner Jim Phillips, in a couple minutes. I was kind of interested in avoiding talking about NIL, and it, this is. This is what they call talking season. This is really coach complaining season. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, Nick Saban discussing. I don't like name, image, and likeness. I'm all for the players. I want our players to do well. But there has got to be some uniformity and protocol of how name, image, and likeness is implemented. There's no competitive sport anywhere that doesn't have guidelines on how they maintain some kind of competitive balance. That's why they have rules in the NFL. You have a sour cap. You have difficult schedules. If you have a successful season, you draft later. If you have a successful you draft early. If you have an unsuccessful season, it's a competitive balance issue between the haves and have-nots. We're one of the haves. Don't think that what I'm saying is a concern that we have at Alabama because we're one of the haves. So he's doing this out of the goodness of his heart. Uh, I mean, there was endless. I, I can't even go through all the coaches that complained about NIL. Yeah. Here's my thing. He is correct. They have a salary cap in the NFL. And in college football, they don't pay the players. They don't recognize a union of the players. There's nothing collectively bargained. And at no point during the 30, 40 years that they do anything but try to hold the, hold the dam until it finally broke. There's no way to cap name, image, and likeness. No. I, I, 
I, I, they're talking about national. What is what is the federal government supposed to do? <laughs> right. You can't limit someone's legal income. It can't happen unless you collectively bargain with them to do it. Correct. You can't come in and say we the government say that you can't make any money or we your school says you're not allowed to make any money. They lost all those court arguments. So what it, what are they trying to get? Because in pro sports, you could have name, image, and likeness also. And for years, they did. And they still do in some ways. If you're a New York Yankee, you'll probably make more money in endorsements as a star than you would as a Kansas City Royal. Now, some of these things have evened out some with social media and the way so much is nationally televised, but there are bigger markets and smaller markets, more bigger franchises and smaller franchises, more popular, all the different things, right? Yep. If they want to go to Aaron Judge, the Yankee slugger MVP candidate who's approaching free agency and say, hey, Aaron, if you sign with the Pirates, we'll get you $200 million more million a year in endorsements or just payouts or whatever, they can. Yeah. That doesn't happen. <laughs> no. but it does you know but they can the yes. owner can't say hey i'll give you part of my team or i'll pay you a different way uh there's no salary cap in baseball but this could be the dallas cowboys could be anything you want so i don't know what their guardrails they're looking for guidelines guardrails it's the guardrails are for them not the other not the guys getting the money yeah. i don't know how you go to the to the government what u.s and i understand the u.s senate and the Congress is the most ridiculous people on earth. But how do you sit there and say to some senator, here's a big problem. Some of the younger kids, there's these like 18 year olds in your state that are super talented and their families have poured so much into raising them. And we want to make them really wealthy. We need to stop that. (laughs) We need to make it so the flagship university and state you both can have equal access to them and pay them the same and maybe limit that so that both of them can get, get a shot at them. We want to stop Disney and Paramount and, right. and Time Warner and all these Hollywood um, movie companies from, from employing your young actors and actresses in your state and instead make them go to state you because then we'll have a better theater department. We need to stop that. <laughs> That's right. This is a real problem. <laughs> These young singers and talented musicians, they're not allowed to get paid anymore. That's we right. need to stop that because it's hurting the, the 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 theater department and the marching band and whatever. I, I don't know. Everyone's got guidelines. What are the guidelines? Yeah. Uh, we we really don't know what the guidelines are. What they what they would even possibly be, you know, whether it's a, what it would be construed as a salary cap, which would not fly under, uh, that would be easily challenged, I would think, legally. Whatever it would be is going to be, I would think, easily challenged legally. And yeah, this is for the comfort of the coaches and the athletic directors and the schools, not for any other real reason. That's what that's what they're looking for here, is something to make this less unusual, less uncontrollable. Uh, I guess then you could say it is, but again, what we're looking at, well, you know, while this is being decried still in some corners is the, you know, the death of college athletics. Okay. Bryce Young, I think was wearing like $900 shoes at SEC media day. Well, 
Georgia's coach showed up with a new $110 million contract. So yeah. we are not talking about equal sums of money here. All right. And I, yeah, there are more players than coaches, but there's a whole lot more money still going to the coaches than going to the players. So if they want to talk about where things are out of balance or where the threat comes from, maybe they should look at salaries and support staff and staff sizes as opposed to looking at what the players who are the stars and what they're getting. Where else in professional sports of almost any stature, but certainly any level of main of, of semi-major to major professional sports, do the coaches make more than the players? Yeah, like nowhere. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers making a hell of a lot more than their coaches. LeBron James makes more than the coach. Steph Curry makes more than Steve Kerr. Are there some guys on the team that the coach makes more? Yeah. So the idea that it's even a fraction the other way, yeah. it just doesn't. I, I think there's, I think Becky Hammond makes like a million dollars a year to coach in the WNBA. And that's more than most of the players, if not all the players on her team. I don't know that, for, but I know there was a little bit of a, players yeah. started bucking about that right mm-hmm. and part of it is because becky hammond's got a big name and you know they're using it whatever whatever reason i don't i don't fault anyone getting their money but they got to get used to getting less than the player <laughs> yeah that's that's the concept they're struggling with they're struggling i want i like it i really like this but wait 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 what's going on this is out of control everything's out of control where? I have yet to hear the players complain. I've yet to hear the parents complain. Have we had some like, well, I'm not getting what I was supposed to get. Yeah, sure. Good. That's fine. I'm not happy they're not getting, they're getting cheated somewhere or whatever. That's life, man. Nobody's complaining who's now making money. <laughs> I, just, I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, the wild, wild west. I love yeah. watching westerns. Great. <laughs> Good guy always wins at the end, right? Uh, this is this is Django Unchained here. They're coming at you. The wild, wild west. Anyway, I I did hear this. I'm going to talk maybe a little later about this. I listened to the uh, Bazzy's Black and Gold Banter. It's a good podcast out of Pittsburgh. Pat Narduzzi, the pit coach, was on it. Oh yeah, I heard some of this here, huh? Yeah, yeah. He 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 had a few. He had some. He was salty. Narduzzi. He was good. He's, He's been mad was, at everybody so far this offseason. He wasn't really mad. It was just a lot of Pittsburgh type banter. Okay. Just like okay. we're gonna say we're just gonna say some crap here. Yeah. Like he, he Bazzy, Bazzy got him to like basically seem like he was down drinking an Iron City, you know, down the <laughs> down the mill bar. He said, uh, it's an interesting one. They if if they if the schools really want to stop all the conference realignment and all of this stuff that everyone's kind of saying is out of control. They should put a cap on how much money they can make. <laughs> the school now this this could actually happen if the schools all agreed we will not spend. We voluntarily say we will not spend more than say whatever a hundred million dollars on our football program. That'll be the cap, or fifty million dollars, whatever hundred would be high, but so there'd still be room to go. Let's say it's fifty million. We won't spend more than fifty million. You don't need more than fifty million to run a a, a college football program. That would be one way to stop this. Yeah, I've never heard that even concept, and I was like, damn, Pat Narduzzi stumbling into some deep thinking. How about that? An expense cap? Yeah, and they then- want a cap. Everyone else making money or how much you can, well, this cap, 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 not us. <laughs> cap the overall. 
Now, is chances of that happening? Zero point zero zero. No way. No way. They have to come up with something where they recognize the players are a players union and then collectively bargain with that union to come up with to come up with the limitations. Right. The yeah. only way they can get is is a voluntary deal where everyone who's in this union, and I don't even know how this would work because that union turnover would be enormous, <laughs> yeah. is like we will not take outside income or I agree I can only take so much money or I don't know. But until you're willing to recognize the players as a collective bargaining unit, uh, I don't know how I don't know how you, I don't know how the, any of these guardrails go. And I'd have no idea why any player or their union would agree to such a, such a deal. You remember, well, it's been two or three, I don't even remember now, three, four years, whenever the Alston case was decided, and there was a capped amount that was supposed to be academically related, and I think it was like $5,900 per semester for players. So we're talking like 11800 per year. And everybody thought the world was coming to an end at that yeah. point. And then the NIL gates open. They should college sports people should just embrace the Alston money immediately. Started dispersing it, and they might have been able to get ahead a little bit of the NIL frontier and placate, if you would want to use that phrase, the uh, the athletes with that money. But that 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 oh, came anything went a long time ago. Yeah, uh, jersey sales or something like sure. that. Yeah. Like to say, we'll, we'll, we will do, we will share. A ten percent of all jersey sales, uh, equally dispersed amongst all players on the team. Yeah, yeah. No, they fought everything. They fought the stipend. They fought it all. You, the the Jim Delaney era of the world is ending. We cannot give an inch. Mm-hmm. We're going Division Three, <laughs> and this is where you're at. Uh, the one thing I cannot stand about I, I I not stand, but I I disagree with the that's gone on is the transfer portal. I don't think you should be able to transfer without sitting out a year because I do think there is a there there has to be a this is a product and everyone benefits by the product and it is not a punishment to spend one year extra at college and getting free room and board tuition education training all those things so I I think they should still have gone they should never have gone away from having a city year well but the coaches abused it Totally. Did. The athletic directors abused it. They started saying you couldn't transfer in conference. They, what do we have? That one was Mike Leach had, or no, no, Mike Gundy had like 37 schools on a quarterback. Yeah. And Miami used to try to block everybody in state and everybody in the Southeast. And again, hogs, hogs, uh, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. This is now they're slaughtered. And now they're recommending unlimited transfers, no penalty ever. Yeah. Transfer four straight years. That's the latest recommendation this week here, uh, which boggles my mind for a couple of different reasons. First of all, I'll go back. I was fine with the one-time transfer exemption. First of all, again, you could already do it in every other sport. And so why football, yeah. basketball? Well, that was part of it, too. had to be yeah. different, you know? So make it uniform one way or the yeah. other. Yeah, right. So if I, I was fine with the one-time transfer, and then you just say, no waivers, no nothing. Sorry. Next time, if you want to transfer, you 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 have to sit out. 
We are not going to establish a committee to listen to your sob story about why you need to be immediately eligible or any of that. You're not even going to tr- be able to try making up a lie for why you need to play right away uh, when you need to be back home, even though if, really if you've got like a sick relative, spend that time with the relative as opposed to practicing and playing. However, now, yeah, we've got this proposal where apparently just transfer at will uh, on an annual basis, which I think would be disastrous. Uh, we've already seen it. I mean, the, the one-time transfer rule has already been trampled. But if you just allow this completely wide open, that's free agency. That's a problem. And it's a problem for everybody involved because, like, the players, your academics are going to be a disaster. And I know they've they've tried to set up academic progress, and you have to be able to make these benchmarks to transfer to here and there at this point in time in your career, and blah 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 blah. You're going to lose credits. You're going to have to change your major to try to to fit into something. Uh, the path of least resistance will be the only path that will be taken academically. Uh, I just think it would be a colossal, colossal mistake to go from where they were to all the way over on the other end of the spectrum of, yeah, just go wherever, any every year you want. Four out of four years, five out of five, sit different school, fine. I think that would be really bad. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I'm not, I'm just not a, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, I just, I think it's going to cause, look, this is basically travel sports now. <laughs> and, yeah. and these, these players, these athletes, regardless of sport, have come up through travel sports. You sign for one year. You like your team, you don't. Other people start recruiting you in the middle of the year, or you start looking at other schools, or you got the or other teams, whatever. It's travel sports. One year, one and done. I remember a lot a, a few years back when when Kentucky was really Kentucky basketball was just one just it. One everything's one and done. I remember asking a Kentucky fan, like, is it hard to be a fan where you literally know none of the kids are staying? Like, do you really get attached to these players? And and just you got them for four months. Because, you know, even the pro ranks, you know, you get, you get a core of stars and, and yeah. you, you get to know them and build through them and all that. And uh, it's like, you just kind of adjust. So maybe people adjust, but this will be massive roster turnover every single year. And coaches put in our tough spot where playing time and decision, everything's got to be appeasing. I, I do not. I mean, I don't know. Like right now, Steve Sarkeesian has a, a quarterback battle at Texas. Quinn Ewers, Hudson Card. Okay. Who's gonna who's gonna be the starting quarterback? Uh he knows Quinn Ewers is not going to leave. Right. And because Quinn Ewers has already burned his his transfer coming Ohio State to Texas. And so he can sit there and say, look, Quinn Ewers might be the QB of the future, but I got a little bit of time here. I can go, I can make this decision the best of the team. If not, if if he knows Quinn Ewers can leave again. That plays into it. It's just it's just not a great way to run a sport. And I and I know that it's like player rights and all that. Obviously, I'm pretty vocal on that. But there needs to be a balance to the product because everybody involved in this is benefiting from a good product. And letting the the teams run them, letting coaches run the team and teams sticking together for a little bit and all of that is a good thing for the for the product. Uh, but again, that would be something you'd need to collectively bargain with this union now. Yeah. And would they give that up? Maybe for something else. But 
they're never going to, I mean, they are, they're never going to have a union. They're never, they never, I don't want to say never, but they're going to probably have to at some point, but they, they really don't want to recognize the players as a union. And I think this would be a very weak players union because they cannot, they'll never be able to pull off a strike, a labor stoppage of any kind. No, that's the thing. This should be you should want them to unionize because you you would be a controllable, defeatable union for what your own purposes. Very weak union. And mm-hmm. you'd be able to say, hey, look, this is what we want to do. We want this and we want that. What do you think? And we'll give you this. But you, right now, the players are starting to get everything. Yeah. Unlimited transferred, unlimited NIL. I mean, you're not paying them, but your boosters are. The guys paying you are paying them. Yeah. I, the union is not a bad thing, but I've had like, I mean, I've had AD say, look, if we even tried that, uh, our state legislature would probably pass a law saying we can't <laughs> recognize the union because unions are right. easy to, you know, I just don't know where, there's no way to get a guardrail without a union. No. I mean, there's just. And the, there's no way you're getting a federal result on this. You just say, hey, we just don't want to keep doing this. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. The. We are like realistically, everybody said, all right, wait till the midterms are over. So that's you're waiting till for a minimum of six months past this season, past the next recruiting cycle before Congress could even be interested in taking this up. Where would this rank on the new Congress's uh, hierarchy of things to do? I don't know. 19th, something like that. They, they have a hard enough time getting two or three things done. You want them to get down to checklist number 19 and then pass that? I don't think this is a realistic idea at all. And you just keep hearing it over and over and over from these leaders who are being paid millions of dollars to lead these conferences, by the way. The commissioners that we've been listening to this week being paid millions and like, yeah, well, we better we better get Congress to help us out here. Ah, so how about th- you all lead it? So uh, their perception is they can't get it done now because the Democrats are in charge. But if the Republicans take over. Perception, two things. First of all, that just nobody wants to touch it because it's midterm right now. And it's like, we, we're busy getting reelected. So we ain't talking about, we're not dealing with your stuff until after these elections are over. New Congress reports in January. And then, all right, great. January, they got stuff to do. They got other stuff to do. This is going to be down the list. And then, yes. They, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you'd like to hope. But yeah, that are, then a Republican Congress supposedly, well, allegedly like, would be. And I, I may sound complete. Is it a Republican position now to limit what a person is legally allowed to make in this country? I'm not telling you that it makes sense to what they're saying, but that's I mean, what they're saying. It's going to take a lot of lobbying dollars to get any. <laughs> I mean, this is the United States of America, man. Like, yeah. like what? <laughs> If, let's put it this way. If we're going to start capping how much somebody can make in this country legally, the first target for me is not going to, if, if I was even it's in favor of such thing, so. which I'm not, I'm not going after Bryce Young. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go after Elon Musk. You know what? We can cap about a hundred billion off of your thing. No kidding. That would actually maybe help some people. Mm-hmm. I'm not sitting there going, you know what? I'm just this Bryce Young kid. He is <laughs> really good. But you see how much money he made. Yeah. He's making two and a half million. Meanwhile, <laughs> over here, Elon Musk is throwing around 44 billion like it's in his couch. I'm not doing it to anybody, but this is the last target. Let's go get these young guys who are making some cash. Yeah. This is not the group I'm going after. I don't know. You could cap CEO Washington Golden- politics is bizarre. P- the, these political parties will spin on a dime. They have no... Like, there's no core belief anymore. But yeah. <laughs> this one is a wild one. Yeah. 
You could cap CEO golden parachutes. Uh, and probably like if 10 CEOs got fired in a year, if you cap that, you might save more money there than you would capping college athletics as an entire industry for. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Know? I just feel like, look, you can't run a hedge fund and make that much. I don't even know. Like, yeah, yeah all right, whatever. fine, I guess. Like, at least I would be like, well, you know what? You probably don't need 200 billion. <laughs> like, <I'm> not. <laughs> I could probably turn go kind of Bernie Sanders on this if you really if I really thought about it. Like, eh, probably could do a little better than just having you have all that billions. But I'm not going after Bre- Will Anderson. You know, you're just gonna have to wait. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to wait. Uh, it just it just seems so. Whatever they're trying to communicate, other than. Uh, the world is ending. They're not communicating it well because I don't get their point or their solutions. No, right? And to that point, uh, you wrote about this. I mean, Jim Phillips had his stump speech. We had we had Brett Yormark last week. The Big 12 is open for business. We had Greg Sankey basically stand up and say, we are a super league we will decide what the playoff looks like. It's going to be to our benefit. Then we had Jim Phillips come up and kind of almost just sound wistful for the old days. Uh, what was your take on on his on the effectiveness of the ACC message? I mean, it just felt like something. It was like 1983 ACC media days, which they probably didn't have. I don't. I mean, he wasn't wrong. He just wasn't right. Yeah. I mean, I. It, it, it was nice. Like he's sitting there talking about stuff. Yeah, we need to, uh, you know, we're going to think about each other and things like that. I, uh, yeah, I agree. But that's not how this world is working. <laughs> and he talked about multiple times, like the non-revenue athletes at Northern Illinois, the bowl industry, you know, propping up everyone, everyone working together. It's like in the last 12 months, the SEC added Oklahoma and Texas to turn themselves into a, what will likely be a 100 million per school entity per year while gutting, at least rocking the big 12, a supposed power five partner, the big 10 formed an alliance with the PAC 12 and the ACC that lasted seven months and then backstabbed the PAC 12 by adding USC and UCLA, decimating the Pac-12, mm-hmm. and assuring the Big Ten will be something close to $100 million per year entity. In the process, the Big Ten rocked their supposed bowl partner. Yeah. I've heard nothing from anyone about concern for the MAC. In the last year, Jim Phillips himself voted against a playoff plan that would have assured six automatic bids to six conferences, which not only would have helped prop up and stabilize the ACC, Big 12, and Pac-12, but one of the group of five. Yeah. So that if Northern Illinois ever had a perfect season again like they did in 2012, whatever they were that year. Yeah, yeah. And they got to the BCS Orange Bowl, they would be in the playoff. That's right. Nothing would help the MAC, let alone the Mountain West and the American, like that playoff plan that you voted against. <laughs> so all of this has happened in the last 52 weeks. 
And then the speech is like, hey, we all got to get along and work together. And like, nobody's working together, including you guys. No. So what what was the speech? I mean, it was I Jim Phillips, a nice guy and he's a smart guy. And I agree with the sentiment. But what in the last year made anyone think anybody is trying to work together? I'd rather hear I'd rather have Brett Yormark at least be like, dude, we're going to do whatever it takes. We're open for business. (laughs) Don't care. I mean, that at least would be a more savvy sounding reading of the situation, you know? That it's like if you if you take everybody into a conference room, you know, and you have to all like you, you had all right, no, we're not gonna fight in here. Put your switchblade on the table, put your brass knuckles on the table or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, what if nobody did it except your league? And that's Jim Phillips. Okay, yeah, here we'll put all that on there. And then everybody else is like, no, we're keeping all our weaponry and we're going after each other. Uh it just it's not doesn't sound like a firm a firm grasp of where your league is at and where the situation stands because it's just not that's not where things are and not where things are headed this is his quote any new structure of the nca must serve the many not a collective few i agree we are not the professional ranks i agree this is the this isn't the nfl or nba light i agree this shouldn't be winner take all or zero sum structure i agree college sports has never been elitist or singularly commercial yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> I recall 20 years ago, the ACC destroying the Big East and then Uh, 10 years later finishing them off. Yep. Big East football. There used to be six. used to be the power six, the BCS six. Yep. Six equal leagues. They all had a bid to the BCS. That's right. Automatic bids. Mm -hmm. And then the ACC destroyed the Big East. Yeah. And left like people like West Virginia just out there hanging. Yep. Not because of the, the good or... Boy, that would make sense, but because they weren't worth enough. That's right. Now, Jim Phillips wasn't running the ACC then. No, he was not. But but that's exactly what his league did. It destroyed the Big East. It took. I mean, the the BCS six once was it was at a point that UConn had a bid to the Fiesta Bowl. UConn right. doesn't even have a league anymore. I mean, they destroyed UConn. They left West Virginia hanging. Uh, I mean, totally splintered that entire conference. So it's just, it's hard really to listen to anybody sit there and say, we all just need to play nice with each other and help each other because that has not been the 21st century way of doing business. A speech is a speech, right? Action is the other. So it's a speech and he's trying, maybe he's trying to make the case. Fine. I don't think it's going to work. You listen to, to Greg Sankey, and he's already plotting how to make the playoff about his league. These guys are all going to have to go in and beg for, beg for even two automatic, four automatic bids for for all the conferences now. Yeah, um, they're going to have to beg. They blew it on that. There's different things. Um, <laughs> you know, look, my my feelings on the bowl industry are are well known to anyone who listens to this podcast. But to hear an AD a commissioner. Talk about how much they value the bold thing and then say we need to maximize our money. Uh, cut out the middleman. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what we need to do? We need to get rid of the bowl industry and just do this ourselves. Like uh, we'll schedule a three-game agreement. AC, we'll do a, our bowls will be against the Big 12 and the and the Pac-12. We'll do a three-way, you know, whatever. Yeah. We're creating our own Big 10 ACC challenge. Hell, we might even play a doubleheader in Dallas. 
That way we can fill it at a bowl site. We could, there's a million ways. Cut out the bowl directors. You want to, you want to maximize profit? Stop giving it away. Like then I'd be like, all right, Hey, this guy, it's cutthroat. Let's go. But to be like, yeah, I cherish, you know, it's just someone wistfully dreaming of their days going to the blue bonnet bowl. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know what Jim Phillips can do. Uh, I hope that he is capable of uh, with great his great oratory skills of convincing these other <laughs> these other leagues and Fox and ESPN who are quite happy to have an NFL light. Yeah, because the NFL makes them all their money. Yeah, that's the thing. If you've you've turned over all this power to the networks and the networks don't care about the old college structure, they oh, won't. Well. You know what? I mean, like, so they're just not even going to listen to that. They're like, okay, oh, sure, that's fine. We'll 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 take your concerns to heart. Meanwhile, okay, behind the scenes, we will certainly advise. Yeah, Big Ten, take these two. Nah, don't take them. Okay, yeah, do this, do that. Yeah, uh, if you if tell you've, a, a TV exec, hey, we need Minnesota and Iowa to play every year because they play for this pig, it's <laughs> like gross, and it, it was this it was this bet over this hog once and. It, uh, we only got 600,000 people watch that game. I want more Ohio State <laughs> yeah. USC. That gets me $6 million. Oh, like you can't tell a TV executive we don't want the NFL light. Right. They're like, no, we want everything to be the NFL. Exactly. College sports, is they did the same thing with the sneaker companies. Remember when I said, you know, Adidas thought when they get a, a $200 million check from or, uh, Louisville thought when they get a $200 million deal from Adidas that Adidas works for them. <laughs> and no, you work for Adidas. Yeah. They right. thought the networks worked for them. <laughs> College football works for the networks. That's right. More and more. Whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Fox is running the Big Ten's negotiations. And the easiest way to maximize the Big Ten's profits, one of the best ways was to not only add the LA schools, but to wipe out a competitor. Mm-hmm. You got the McDonald's and the Burger King burns. You don't shed a real big tear. You hope everyone got out fine, safe, good. <laughs> but man, we're going to sell a couple extra Happy Meals over here. That's right. And so they are being run by networks. They are at the mercy of the networks. And the networks are saying, yes, we want to make as much money as possible. We want big, huge TV rating games. The NFL is the best thing any of these places have. Yeah, right. And that's- they can't, people don't watch sitcoms anymore. They don't watch the nightly news anymore. They watch the NFL. It's NFL and like singing competitions and stuff. That's about all they got on these networks anymore. Uh... Dance competitions is fine, but that's live, kind of like live on, you know, right? That's it. Yeah. You can't have like these old TV shows that have 30 million people watch. No. Those don't you could exist. put Seinfeld on TV right now. The, you could put the five best sitcoms of all time, and they still wouldn't attract an audience. Right. And so this is where you're at. Of course they want the NFL light. They actually would like the NFL Plus if they could figure it out. Here's my question. So if, they, if the networks assume more control, at what point in time in the grant of rights cycle or the 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 contract cycle do they eventually say, you know, now that we've added USC and UCLA, do we? Why do we still have uh, Maryland and Indiana? You know, I they, don't know. <laughs> they, can they can they suggest contraction? 
I, yeah, some point. It's not now because they got enough, but yeah, absolutely. I've always said, right? We we talked about it. Rutgers and Maryland got added for uh, yep. uh, tuck cable, basic cable homes. Yeah. What point does that? Right. There's still a lot of basic cable out there, but it's dwindling every day. Mm-hmm. And that's just how. Yeah, there used to be a blockbuster on every corner too, man. <laughs> that's right. So good luck. We're rooting for you. Just not sure that's the that's the mentality that's going to get this done. Anyway, that's talking season, right? That's talking season. See what uh, what the talking points are next week. I'm sure there will be much Big Ten bravado, and uh, we'll see what the Pac-12 comes up with. There's optimism, unity, and extreme paranoia, I would imagine. So the Big 12 and Pac-12 are not going to merge. That's right. So what percent chance do you think both leagues stay intact going forward? Right now, I'm going to say 52% chance. I think it's more likely they do than don't because I don't think they have found a way to make it profitable for either side to poach the other one. So I, you know, I think from the individual school bases and from the conference bases, they're basically, I think the, the, the sentiment is uh, we're, we're better off staying where we are right now. Now I still think there's a chance PAC 12 ads. I still think San Diego state looks like an ad there. And then could they find a 12th team or not? Don't know, but I think that one is an attractive possibility. Uh, and then if, if you're not losing schools to the Big 12, you've still got a chance to fighting chance going forward. Uh, and then if the ACC is really off limits in terms of people aren't going to mess with their grant of rights, I don't look to think the ACC is going to go try to get anybody else to, to their side. The presumed proposed TV sort of agreement with the Pac-12 ACC, that's still on the table, still under discussion. Uh, but it's just going to be a TV arrangement thing that that may a little bit of a money, slight, right? Yeah, a slight yeah. bump. Yeah, I I had a someone in a conference say to me this week. Uh, you know, the way Notre Dame's sitting there saying we don't have to panic, and you know they're just sort of impervious to it all. Kind of oh, interesting. Well, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. The Arizona schools and Utah and Colorado are kind of like. We don't have to jump to the Big 12 if that option is there because it's not like that option isn't always going to be there. Sure. Like, like, there's nobody left. So it's not like, hey, here's your, you know, like when they were adding, like when the Big 12 was adding Cincinnati and, uh, or remember, West Virginia, like they just were begging to get in, right? If we don't get in, we're dead. Yeah. And they got in the Big 12. Or they're, they're saying, hey, Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, and Houston, you guys want in? Those schools had to jump. Right. Because every one of them knew, if I say no, Memphis and Boise State are going to fight for the spot. Like, there's somebody to replace. There's another one of me. But if you're the Big 12, if you're the if you're the if those four schools in the in the Pac-12 or even Oregon, you, someone's you can always get to the Big 10, Big 12, I'm sorry. And always that that's always going to be there. So there isn't a, a, a just a feeling like I got to go now or I'm in a lot of trouble. This is my last chance. Right. So I, that's sort of slowing things down a little bit there. Let's see what we can negotiate. Can we get something good? 
out of this Pac-12 deal. I don't know. I hope they're all there. I really do. I hope I hope they're all there. And for some reason, the SEC and Big Ten come back to the table and say, hey, you guys want that 12-team playoff we just offered? Because this is a sport I love, and that's the best way to maintain na- a national base yep. to this sport. Right. right. And I'm mad at the people who blew that. <laughs> so I don't want two two leagues. Right. Right. And I don't want a playoff with six teams from two leagues. No. And maybe two others. I want it to be everywhere. That's just my my want. I agree. I agree. The other thing now, too, as we enter into these media rights cycles with Pac-12, which they've already they've already opened, and, and then the Big 12, do we get into a situation of uneven revenue distribution? And ultimately, that could definitely be the case in the ACC. Do you get people to go along with most favored nation status for some people? I would think that, that that would be very unpopular, obviously. It would be. But I would think that, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're Boston College in Syracuse, you can't really tell Clemson what to do. Right. So if Clemson goes, where are you going? Go where call UConn and ask them how they you know how that worked. Yeah. <laughs> the Pac twelve probably should have done that for USC. Yep. And maybe they still got USC, but that's a tough, that's a tough one because you're basically signing your own doom, but you know, Hey, uh, there's a lot of money out there. You gotta find a way, but yeah, I think, I think Clemson at some point is in a position where they can just be like, Hey, we can, uh, we can do this. So right. we, we, we want more. Um, but right now you got 14 years. I mean, they talk about it being a half a billion dollar exit fee for Clemson. Yeah. That's huge. And you, and you've got an SEC commissioner who's sitting there saying, we're not getting involved in those grant of rights situations. So. Right. And it's a half a billion, and we're not sure you could even then get out. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. And I, I, mean, I, I mean, yeah, the ACC is where you might have a Clemson, you might have a North Carolina or somebody else trying to flex and, and get a different deal for themselves. The one, again, one of the advantages the Big 12 has <laughs> is basically as a – as a collection of role players, it's like, eh, I think we probably all get about the same. We should get about equal uh, grant of rights there, you know, or equal revenue shares. Pac-12, you might get Oregon and Washington posturing about we need more, but where are they going to go? So, yeah, I don't know. I think that 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 will be a, a next bite. And, and you know, the ACC, like, I, I can't imagine a school dropping half a billion to get out of a league. No. I mean, that would be unbelievable. Even by college athletic standards, that would be unbelievable. And we've seen everything Uh, eventually become tolerable. Yeah, Available hours, yeah. Yeah. The only way I could see that happening is if a state legislature jumped in and said it is so important for the economic impact. Like if you were Clemson and the South Carolina legislature came and said, we will spend half a billion because we need to make Clemson foot maintain Clemson football in the as a high major sport and the because of the economic the way that cities spend billion dollars you know spend millions and millions and hundreds of millions or even a billion on the on an NFL stadium right that's the only way I could imagine someone ponying that bill but then uh, and again, you'd also a have a lot vote. of Gamecocks in that state yeah, legislature. I mean, it's not going to work in South Carolina. Half of them are like, nah, we're good. Right. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all no just problem. cool but your I, jets over there. But yeah. Like, would West Virginia's, <clears throat> would the West Virginia government, 
like rally around. So, I mean, that might be the one it. place I, that kind of, you know, yes, a single school state that yeah, in terms of uh, power five. Yeah. Right. This is an, there's an economic impact to the hotels and the restaurants and mm-hmm. the, and the school and the state. And, you know, there's a reason they spend money. They give billionaires money to build a stadium that they can already afford. Maybe that. That's about it, though. I don't know where you get the money. So uh, I don't see them getting uh, out of it. All right. A couple other items from uh, Media Days this week. Uh, RIP turnover chain. Mario Cristobal is getting rid of the, How about that? the chain. Mm-hmm. The funny like thing is, but I think it's fine. It's kind of wore out. It, it did. It, it spawned 19 million create uh, uh, imitators, which is probably when it's time to get out. When you, you you were the creator, now move on. But the funny thing is, like all everybody said was that's so Miami, right? That that was such a Miami kind of thing. And now Cristobal's like, that's not our culture. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, you played at the U. Secondly. That was very much like the U, and now it's not like the U. I, I, I'm a little bit confused by that. Yeah, this is still the U, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a little weird. They need the the, the, the turnover chain needed an NIL deal. Then <laughs> there you go. Then it would have been able to stay down there. <laughs> it did spawn a million. Uh, you know, there was there was hats. <laughs> there were there were uh, different types of chains. There were rings. There were fur coats. It was a trash can um, at Tennessee. Yeah, I was going to say the all-time <laughs> best is the Tennessee deciding to have a garbage can uh, with the acronym HTB. Hide the ball. They would hold the garbage can up, uh, which <laughs> just said everything about. Uh, I believe that was the Butch Jones era. Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> as as bad as everything really was in the Butch Jones era, it still got worse afterwards. But that was that was a bad part of it. The turnover they were trash winning the can. championship of life. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, champions of life. Yeah. <laughs> we did not win the SEC, but we are the champions <laughs> of life. Uh, and yeah, we had some three star recruits, but we had kids with five star heart. <laughs> five star. <laughs> Anyway, all that and uh, still it got worse with Jeremy Pruitt. I, there wasn't even bottom. Yeah. So RIP chain turnover chain somewhere. There's some crusty old guy. Go, I uh, win one for sportsmanship. That's right. We didn't need that anyway. No. Kirby Smart and his uh, 10 million up to 12 million a year uh, wants to uh, continue to mention use the bully pulpit this week to lobby to move the cocktail party out of Jacksonville wants it to be home and home. You know, his reason, Pat, I can explain it to you. Please do recruiting. Always get back to recruiting. Always, always, always be recruiting. It was interesting on the sec network. He and Tim Tebow had a debate on this. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Sec network. Tim Tebow and Kirby smart. will now (laughs) reenact the Lincoln Douglas. debates. Should you move the cocktail? (laughs) <laughs> uh, Tim said it was fantastic because it's just this incredible scene. And if you've never been there, they split the 50 yard line and one side is all black and red. And the other side is all blue and orange. It's a great scene. The, the Jacksonville, no sane person would walk into Jacksonville, downtown Jacksonville on Friday night. Total mayhem. It's great. It is. World's it largest is. cocktail party. I mean, that's what they call it. <laughs> mm hmm. Kirby noted that, that there's no advantage to where the, the, the game 
truly whoever has the best team wins. Like he had studied it and all that. But he wants to go home and home because you cannot host recruits at a neutral site game. So he wants, he loses the marquee game of playing Florida, which would be a night that he would be able to get more recruits on campus. And so he, he cites like when Alabama plays Auburn, whoever hosts that game gets like 200 recruits to their, to their school that day. Cause everyone wants to be there for the iron bowl game. Yep. And in, 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 in the past with the divisions, Georgia did not always have a very good home schedule, uh, just the way it worked out. So Kirby smart, who has uh half of an NFL team, <laughs> Uh, in each recruiting class, <laughs> yes. he's worried about recruiting. Yeah, that's great. Falling behind because of the cocktail party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody, I can't remember who, pretty well in the know, said that the game will move out of Jacksonville when the planet explodes. So I, I'm ah. not anticipating Kirby winning that uh, That battle. Who's making a decision? This is two ADs, right? Yeah, I think so. And I, I mean, I think both schools have always really, really liked it. And I know Kirby's as influential as anybody right now. He's the richest coach in the country, and he's got the most recent championship ring. But I still think you you, you have proven that you can you can survive pretty well at Georgia while still playing in Jacksonville and beating the holy hell out of Florida when you play them there. I mean, I think there's also something to be said about getting to play in Jacksonville every year. I mean, that's sure. a, a lot of players in that part of Florida, and yeah, you're you're down there every year. So mm-hmm. and it, and it's good for South Georgia. Yeah. Play in South Georgia. I don't know. But Kirby knows more about recruiting than me, and he says. So we'll see. Could could recruiting kill a tradition? It could do anything. We've seen it okay. before. Recruiting can do anything. Just tell them it's good for recruiting. They'll go for it. It's usually, yeah. Yeah. They've convinced uh, fans that the world, that a- Nick Saban is complaining that NIL could impact recruiting. <laughs> so hey, we need why- to stop this. Why do we get so many of these garbage contract extensions for guys? So oh, I've only got three years left on my contracts. It's hurting me in recruiting. I need another hurting me in recruiting. Yep. Need another yeah, two with this. Yeah. Need another two years at max amounts of money. Yeah. Well, damn. Now everybody's transferring after one year. Coaches <laughs> ought to be able to work on one year deals. You would think. Back to Pat Narduzzi and the Bazzi's black and gold banter. <laughs> they did mention the Michigan State game, the bowl game. Now, Michigan State won that game, but he said uh, if uh, Kenny Pickett had played, Michigan's quote, Michigan State uh, gets its butts kicked in <laughs> and said, talk about the Big Ten and SEC. That was one of the best Big Ten teams. Then let's go to the Big Ten and win it every year. Every I don't year. want to hear about Big Ten or SEC dominance. <laughs> Coach Narduzzi. Coach Deuce, lot to say. Tell I you what, a, you know who else yeah. didn't play in the uh, in that game? Uh, I, I I do, but remind me, <laughs> Kenneth Walker the third for Michigan yes, State also yeah. didn't play. Yeah, yeah, sixteen hundred yard rusher. Yeah, mad respect for this bit of trash talk. <laughs> okay, a it's against your former school where you were the defensive. Yeah, right, right, right. But you lost the game. <laughs> okay. You lost to Michigan State, yet you are now saying that we should go to the Big Ten and win it every year, quote unquote. You didn't like you didn't destroy the actual Big Ten champion in the in a in a playoff game. That would be Georgia. Mm-hmm. You didn't do that. Like if he sat there and said, "Hey, we matched up with uh, Michigan 
We beat him 43 to 10 or something. Like, we should just go to the Big Ten and win it every year. You beat the third or fourth place team. Yeah. So, awesome. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, by the way, uh, the team that's, that could go to the Big Ten and win it every year also lost to Western Michigan of the MAC last year. So, maybe maybe Western Michigan could win the Big Ten every year, too. I'm sure they would like to try. Mm-hmm. Pitt angling for their spot. Let's get us, let us in. So, yeah, no, Narduzzi also uh, ripped his old offensive coordinator, uh, Mark Whipple, said that, they, you know, when they played Wake Forest, who couldn't stop the run, they didn't, they needed to run the ball more and he wouldn't do it. Uh, now, they, they did win the game. They beat Wake Forest in the ACC championship game. They ran it 38 times. They only got 2.9 yards of carry. So, I don't know why you would have wanted to run it more in that game, but here we go, Doozy. Yeah. How about Nebraska, where uh, Mark Whipple works now as the offense coordinator? Just catching strays. <laughs> it's Nebraska's lot in life these days. It's sad. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, wait, is that to be a story about how our new offensive coordinator sucks? <laughs> uh, We're just sitting here kindly growing our corn that you're all going to enjoy. <laughs> all the barbecues late in the summer. That's right. You got to hit us up. Um, so there you go. All right. Uh, we got some law and order here, Pat. Oh, okay. Kind of interesting. Not sure. I, I, I kind of understand the crime. Let me just put it that way. A Florida man, he was trying to get a job at Walt Disney world security. This will probably impact his job prospects. Uh, so yeah, he had applied for Walt Disney world security, but then he got caught, uh, quotes. He, uh, this is, uh, he stole an R2-D2 droid <laughs> at Walt Disney World. You know, R2-D2, that little, you know, squeaking thing. Yeah. Worked yeah, up yeah. to 10000 and posed as a staff member. That's what he's arrested. So he's arrested for grand theft, obstruction of information, and some other things. Grand so he pretended theft. to be a staff member while he was applying to be a staff member, but really all he did was steal the R2-D2. <laughs> His reasoning is he wanted to show weakness in the security of the resorts so he could get a better paying job. Okay. How'd that work out for him? He's blamed. So he said it wasn't really stealing it. He was just showing Walt mm. Disney World how easy it was to steal it. Yeah. And, and then you're expecting Walt Disney World to hire you by stealing R2-D2? That's, that's interesting logic. Very Florida man logic. Yeah. Uh, he admitted uh, just moving the R2-D2 droid from the third floor of a hotel uh, just to show he wasn't really stealing. He just uh, he also got caught when uh, when uh, deputies found him. He was pushing a car and looked suspicious. <laughs> Disney security. <laughs> so his getaway car maybe wasn't working either. Yeah, this guy's a- that's kind of the whole plot of Star Wars, though, wasn't there? They're always trying to get out in the like they had to fix like the Millennial Falcon or something. I can't remember. <laughs> Criminal mastermind, this guy, clearly. Yeah, so uh, we have that. Um, His next job uh, is not going to be at Walt Disney World. Uh, yeah, no. But he, he will learn about security from the other side of the... <laughs> uh, all right, and uh, finally, summer, we need a cool, refreshing drink, right, Pat? Always. Uh, uh, would you drink it here? Or would okay. you drink it? Uh, we have the Veltini, the Veltini. Yeah, yeah. The Veltini is a martini, 
a dirty martini that features Velveeta cheese-infused vodka, stirred with an olive brine and dry vermouth. It's garnished with Velveeta-stuffed olives, jumbo-sized Velveeta cheese shells, and a cheese drip. Would you like the Veltini? <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> I would use the Veltini on a prisoner at Guant- Guantanamo. That is awful. That is horrendous. Like, you don't need a cheese in any drink. Cheese is a different. The cheese is for eating, not for drinking. Don't confuse the two. And certainly don't put cheese in alcohol. I mean, is there any possible alcohol you can think of that it would be enhanced by cheese? I actually think Guantanamo Bay Prudo. <laughs> right? Where they like because the, the prisoners make their own alcohol. <laughs> I actually think they would be like, yeah, I'll throw some cheese. They could actually make this. You could probably get Velveeta at the commissary. Possible. Possible. Maybe not at Guantanamo. I don't yeah. think they have much of a commissary <laughs> down there. <laughs> no, no. Put some <laughs> uh, one prison. You that's one hotel you do not want to check into. Nope. Nope. Dad, this is just stupid. Yeah, this is a, just a marketing gimmick. So idiots like us will discuss Velveeta. Yeah, right. And probably many of our listeners will buy Velveeta this week. It's entirely possible. I think we kind of have a bit of a Velveeta sort of audience. A Velve- the Veltini is just stupid. Yeah. yeah. I don't believe this is serious. I don't believe anyone's ever eaten one, drank one, whatever it is, consumed it. Right. Uh, yeah, this is probably some Velveeta, you know, ad sales team or whatever getting together and saying just what's the what's one way we can make people talk about Velveeta. So the bartender infuses vodka with Velveeta cheese. What does that mean? <laughs> Mix is infuse you, mixing. I don't know. And I again, I think that would be a difficult mix. How does cheese mix in with vodka? Yeah. Okay. So they do it at room temperature for a minimum of 24 hours. Oh my God. They freeze it overnight to allow the Velveeta to properly infuse. Oh my God. It's then strained through a cheesecloth to purify. (laughs) What? I don't believe any of this because I think they're just making it. I can't imagine. No. Yeah. Like who's going to put that much effort into making a drink? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you could do all that, or you could just, like, open a bottle of Smirnoff and put some grapefruit juice in there. I mean, come on. I'd like a Veltini. Okay, come back Tuesday. (laughs) This is why Bush Light remains undefeated. Yeah, you know, it's easy. It's right there for you. Pull the tab. Ready. Pull the tab. Pull tab, drink. Yeah. That's it. Sales are up. Do you see that story? No. Bush light sales are up 4% nationally this summer. Because, oh, well, there was the theory, yeah, that that people buy it at gas stations and they're spending (laughs) so damn much money on gas. They're like, I need the cheap beer. Yeah. Yeah. Their sales are higher at gas stations than regular liquor stores, they figured out. So everyone went and was like 100 bucks to fill up my F-150 here. (laughs) I ain't got money for the good beer. (laughs) That's right. So I'll take the Bush light. Ugh. Finally, the country. Inflation has produced a winner. Me. I'm back, baby. I'm popular again. So how much does a 12-pack of Bush Light cost these days? Probably $9.99. Okay. I mean, I'm sure you're buying much larger qualities. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. The 30 rack is really where you get uh, your, okay. your bonus. All right. 
Yeah, you want to go to the thirty rack? Uh, that that'll get you about sixteen ninety nine. So it depends on your you know your can returns, all that. One thing that is not uh, no inflation on can returns. Still only get five or ten cents yeah, on that. Right? Yeah. You know what has inflation proof? Our podcast free. True. Still True. free. The same low price you've always paid. <laughs> get what you pay for. <laughs> it's always been true. Yeah. So you know. Might have to pay a little extra for the Bushlight Apple. I don't drink it, but I can't believe that's kind anyone of the premium, does. premium, premium Bushlight. It's like <laughs> apple flavored stuff. beer is a premium. No, that's a no. I saw this. Uh, I saw the sign for uh, Best Western. It was called the Best Western Plus. Oh <laughs> like, no! Why oh, no. are we trying to do here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's already called Best. What is the better Best Western? <laughs> Best Western Plus. That means you actually get like a working mini fridge as opposed to a <laughs> yeah, broken one. We actually change the sheet. <laughs> yeah. Once a week. What is what is that? Uh, Speaking of bush light, it's a hot summer night, man. It is. I might I might be busy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope still, the recording went well. Still convalescing. I'm, I might be a couple more days away from from having a beer. When are you? I mean, if you're stuck in this quarantine thing because you can't you yeah. can't infect anyone, right? No, so you're right. just stuck in like a room somewhere. Where are you? You're at your house. I, I broke out. I rented a car in Atlanta and drove home. Broke out Tuesday, and uh, okay, yeah. now you're in your your house. Though. I'm in my house. Yep. And your wife is staying far from you. Uh, my wife's actually out of town, so that worked out so well. You got the whole house. I got the whole house. Now I'm supposed to like wipe everything down by the time she gets back. We'll see if I get around to that. <laughs> do my best. Okay. And you can drink or do you feel like I mean, you're sick to drink? I have not felt like drinking yet. We'll see. Maybe, maybe tonight, maybe, maybe Friday night could be my re-entry. Smoking weed, edibles, coke. <laughs> what do you want? None of the above. None of the above. Eight ball. We can get whatever you need down there, buddy. I'm here you, for you. Yeah, there you go. You let me know. Mule me down some heroin. I mean, if you have nothing to do but this podcast, you should. <laughs> I should have been more prepared, right? You know, I'm sitting around doing nothing. I had nothing to do but to think about this podcast for days. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I mean, yeah, get some delivery. Yeah. Get some delivery alcohol. What else? I mean, you literally have the ultimate excuse. What'd you do? What'd you do while I was gone, hon? I just sat around and got loaded every <laughs> Uh, All right, maybe tomorrow. We'll maybe. see. How drunk will Pat Forty get during quarantine? There we go. That's That'll... the question. We will answer it next week. That's right. The latest edition of the College Football Inquirer. So thank you all for listening. Talk to you later. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois.